Can you do some talking for me, please? Hello? Uh, Why did you say hello like you were lost? Hello? Uh, Is anyone there? Uh, it's Mike P. Mike, Mike P. checking in. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two disc center. One disc leaves. This is... DVD Deathmatch! Pew, pew, pew! We could just record that once and then play that every time. We don't need well, to record here, it every time. I mean, like, in theory, yes, but it's actually very difficult to pull audio. Like, I guess I could save it, though, as, like, an MP3. In theory, yes. Also, in practice, yes. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's like 15 seconds out of our week we could save yeah to do other things to other things um great you how are what? you i will do that okay we'll never say it again all right great <laughs> uh how are you i'm good how are you it's uh the christmas week the christmas week the week of christmas yeah i spent all day Baking. You did. A bunch of delicious things. You did. They're so good. Everything's so good. The focaccia is so good. The focaccia? I mean. Focaccia. I said focaccia. It, I mean, I are, that might be it. It might be focaccia. I think I'm. I think you're right. If you're Giada, maybe it's focaccia. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Mozzarella. Yeah, I made focaccia. I made um, ravioli. <laughs> I did not make ravioli. Um, I made Christmas tree meringues. I made cranberry orange cookies. I made brownie cookies and wrapped them up and gave them to neighbors. And it was great. Everything was delicious. Christmas I didn't eat cheer. lunch because I was just eating sh- shit that you were making all day. Yeah, I ate so much because uh, technically, this is interesting, right, guys? I, I, I made a focaccia, but it didn't turn out quite the way I wanted it to. So I made a second one, and that's the one that I like cut up and gave to neighbors and stuff. But the other one, it, it just, it was still edible and delicious. It just wasn't yeah, yeah, quite yeah. what I wanted. And so I've just been eating, like, I ate my weight in focaccia today. Yeah, me too. Hey. <laughs> Me too. And just like olive oily, salty. I put rosemary and garlic and red pepper flakes on that shit. It's so good. It was very good. <laughs> um, speaking of eating weight, it's Bridget Jones' diary. Hey! <laughs> she has a lot of thoughts about weight. We will get into it. We will. Any- Do we have any topics at the top? So here's the thing. There's this article going around this week mm-hmm. about how Netflix... Ha- I mean, you know, I've talked about it on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have this great affection for the Final Destination franchise. We really do. And uh, Netflix, the version of Final Destination that's on Netflix, which I guess is not in the U.S., but is in Canada and other countries, they have Final Destination up there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have cut out some stuff because it's like too triggering. Triggering how? It's a movie about death. Well, there's the oh, one the, like, guy. Yeah. Who, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for Final Destination. Yes. They all die. <laughs> um, but the there's the one guy who like essentially gets hung. Yeah, in the shower. But it's not him. He gets hung. He but doesn't hang himself. Right, but they didn't cut out the 
hanging scene, because that would be like a huge part of the movie that they would cut out. Right. They cut out a part in the airplane scene Mm -hmm. where it foreshadows him hanging himself because he makes a gesture like, with a noose. Yeah, what? So they cut that out. Oh, that's really dumb. It's very dumb. And it's like, I mean, I bring it up because this is a podcast about physical media and like we own the Final Destination movie. So, Mm -hmm. uh... Uh, you know, we'll always have that moment. We'll always have that beautiful moment. But it is one of those <laughs> things that you see and you're just like, ooh, like, I don't love giving everything, giving the power of everything over to these streamers to just make insane Changes. decisions. Yeah. Now, this apparently they updated the article and apparently it was like Warner Brothers made the edit years ago for some reason and Nef- that's the version that Netflix is going with. But still, huh. it's just like. Do you think ne- that Netflix slash Warner Brothers is just nervous because of all the backlash from 13 Reasons Why. Well, that came up in the article. Yeah, I think that Although that's... Although, then why then cut the whole scene? Like, yeah. I, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, it's like the the Final Destination franchise is just people getting killed right. brutally. Because I don't think even when he does again. that, when he does the, like, hanging motion, he's not, like... Like, obviously what he's implying is like, oh my God, kill myself or whatever, right. which is not great. <laughs> But he doesn't say that, and I think it's more of a, like, like what's the context? Isn't it well, just like, like he's, like, sitting next to somebody who doesn't want to sit next yeah, to Yeah, exactly. It's also, like, a way that people talk. So right. even if it's triggering, like... But, I mean, put a trigger warning on it if you sure. feel that strongly about it. Like If you feel that strongly, like Disney, sure. Disney Plus put trigger warnings on everything. Well, Disney, yeah, Disney Plus has the... Yeah, exactly. It's great. Their <laughs> warnings are, are, like, I think actually really smart. They're like, yeah. hey, this goofy cartoon where he's, like part of the clan was made in a different time and we're putting it here for context, but like, you know. Right, like we're not changing yeah. it and we're not pretending it didn't happen, but exactly. we recognize that, I mean like, you know, Disney's evil, whatever, but like we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. we recognize that this is no longer a thing that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was never a thing that was okay. Yeah, that cartoon but with Goofy's pu- in the clan was not good. Yeah. But it's public. Was, is there actually a cartoon? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> Gorge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not gonna don't don't do it don't do it um yeah yeah well that's lame anyway it's just weird it's like i add this is very nerdy but like i have on my phone i mean the whole podcast is nerdy i have on my i have on my phone yeah yeah anyway okay sorry (laughs) this is very nerdy but i have on my phone you know this is a podcast about physical media very nerdy i have on my phone a list of like things that we have on DVD that have been changed in the streaming universe mm. that you cannot see anymore. So, like, for instance, uh, uh, Stark Raving Dad, which is the Simpsons episode. Oh yeah, with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, the uh, Dawson's Creek box sets that you have <laughs> because don't I'm sure we've talked about it before. We don't get me started have. on the non non Paula Cole theme song Dawson's yeah. Creek on Hulu and now Netflix or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so so added Final Destination to the list of things. I mean, well, you know that critical moment where the guy makes a hanging gesture. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just a it's an interesting thing to think about with like. Us just like trusting all these companies to. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh man, should we just get on get on with this? Get on with the show. <laughs> Speaking of it. Final Destination, which is a spooky movie, 
one of our picks for our holiday month is also a spooky movie. That's right. So this week we watched The Box from 2009 and Bridget Jones's Diary from 2001. That's right. Two Christmas classics, Classics. I would say. They are both very Christmassy. They are. Though, these weren't like, I mean, I guess you don't think of The Box as a Christmas movie, but it definitely is. Yeah. And like I said, it's one of the ones, one of the the few ones that we have that are dual spooky and Christmassy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Should we get into The Box? Let's get... mm, Let's get into the Should box. Should we discuss the box? <laughs> um, so yes. first, so the box from 2009, directed by Richard Kelly. IMDb summary: A small wooden box arrives on the doorstep of a married couple who know that opening it will grant them a million dollars and kill someone they don't know. That's a bad description. That is a bad description. Also, it's not opening the box. So Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's incorrect. Incorrect. <laughs> um, a strange man shows up at James Marsden. Yes. I was getting confused with James Marsden. Marsters, yeah. Uh, okay. A strange man, Frank Langella, shows up at James... You want to know how I remember? How? Okay. I mean, one, being obsessed with Buffy for several right. decades helps, but... James Marsters is Buffy. Yes. Okay. Marsters is, like, a sharper, a sharper sounding and sharper looking version of Marsden. Marsden is and cozy. So, like, Marsters is the vampire. And Marsden, you're in the den. You're having a nice time right. in a blanket. Marsden is Corny Collins, so... Okay, well. <laughs> no, that doesn't work for you. Is that one of those weird things, like when people can hear color? What the, where did you go? Have you, you heard go? of that? Have you heard of that? No. It's called, oh. Are syn- you talking about synesthesia? Synesthesia, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I wish I had that. I thought synesthesia was when you could, you, <laughs> you had like orgasms from sounds. Oh, no, no, I think you're right. I'm not, I'm saying I'm wrong. Well, now I gotta look it up. Because there is a thing where it's like you hear, like you hear color. What if it's that you hear <laughs> orgasms? Synesthesia. Thank you, Google. Autocomplete. Is a perceptual phenomenon in which stimulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway leads to involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive pathway. I think we're, I think we're both right. I don't think we're both. <laughs> um, Great. Okay. So anyway, so Frank Langella shows up at the house uh, of uh, Cameron Diaz and James Marsden. Mm-hmm. They're a married couple. They have a son. He presents them with a box inside the, the titular box. Mm-hmm. Inside the box is a machine with a button. And he says, if you press the button, two things will happen. You get a million dollars and someone you don't know will die. You have a choice to make. That's the premise of the movie. Yes. Yeah, so you have 24 hours to make this decision yes. whether or not you're going to push the button. That's the premise of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, technically. So he shows up at the house. He doesn't show up at the house. The box shows up at the house at like 545 in the morning. Yeah, that's weird, huh? And like wakes them up. And then there's a note on it that says like, Mr. Somebody yeah. will visit you at 6 p.m. Right. So then later that night he comes back and explains everything to right. them. And I'm just like... Bitch, why are you waking me up at 5.45 if <laughs> yeah, you're not going to show up until the evening? Like, a dramatic effect, I guess, but wait till 7 at that's least. That's interesting. He could have just showed up with the box. Right. Hmm. But he had to build suspense. It's all sure, about building. Sure, but what I'm saying is 5.45 is too it early. It is too early. It is too show early. Show up at 7. 
It is too early. Damn. Before we get into it further, yes, this is a disc that has. It's a rental disc. Mm-hmm. Like it says on the disc, rental. Yeah. So it was made to be a rental. We did not steal it. We bought it. No, we, it was a clearly a like three dollar in the blockbuster preview to yeah. yeah purchase one day, and so it doesn't look great and it doesn't have any features, zero features. Yeah, like not even yeah. And a bunch of previews for uh, uh, Valentine's Day and The Blind Side and stuff like that. Book on there. of Eli, yeah, yeah, but um, definitely the whole thing is just that oh we pick this up at Blockbuster one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of things right off the bat for me. Right off the bat. Our new segment, right off the bat. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Cue the theme song. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> you were about to. I, I thought about it. You were going to sing. I thought about it. Um, one, I always forget how scary this movie is. Yeah. And it is, it is scary and sinister immediately. Yes. And part of that is because I have seen it before and I know what what's coming. Yeah. But it sets the mood so well yeah. that like it we're that's like my second note. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh god, I always forget how scary this is." Yeah. There's I mean, I I don't it's not like like it's not like the scariest movie ever for me no. or anything like that. But there's a couple sequences in it cuz it has you know what it has? It has that it follows thing mm-hmm. where in the background of shots, there's just people watching. Yes. Because everyone is in on something, and you don't know what they're in on. Yeah. And the main characters don't know what they're in on, but everyone is in on it. Not, you know, like, not everyone, but just, like, enough people. And if you look in the background of shots early on, there's just people watching the main characters, like extras and stuff. Yeah. And it's terror. That shit is terrifying. And and the look and the feel. So it's 1976. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, Cameron Diaz looks gorgeous and, yeah. and James Martin looks yeah. fine. Our second Cameron Diaz holiday movie, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Um, and so, yeah, the the mood is just set immediately. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so perfect. Even the way it looks. Like, the DVD doesn't look amazing. I don't think it looked like shit. But no. it didn't look amazing. But it just, it, it, immediately you are unsettled yeah and cold right <laughs> and so they the um one thing to know about this is it's based on a richard matheson short story he mm-hmm. wrote i am legend and a bunch of other things mm-hmm. and it was actually turned into a twilight zone episode in the 80s in right the 80s isn't it called like button button or button, something button. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah which that the movie should be called the button 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 yeah or button button is a better title but yeah. like the box though is incidental yeah. It's like saying, like, the brown paper wrapping or something. Like, the thing that's in it is the button. The button is the whole thing. Yeah, I guess. I just think that the, bo- just, the box sounds way more sinister it than does. I'm the just, button. Like, I'm oh, just, the button. The button's cute. <laughs> that's a cute button. <laughs> button um, is like a softer word, whereas box is like a sharper word. So box is the vampire. I, this We got to get out of here. We got to go. <laughs> We got um, to go. Oh, so, the other thing yeah. the other thing I wanted to say right off at the top is <laughs> right off at the top. Right off at the top. <laughs> oh, I've had like half a drink, you guys. Um, the other thing I wanted to say uh right off the bat is You can say right off at the top, that's fine. No, no, cuz I said right off the bat before and then you called it the segment. I'm trying to move on. I know you are, <laughs> and I'm like, no. Yeah. Um Okay, sorry. I'll allow you to. No, it's okay. Have a cup it's fine. Here. No, thank you. Um, uh, 
is that I I can never quite remember what the deal is. Like it's it's complicated and and a bit not cliffhangery, but isn't fully explained or yeah. whatever. And because of that, like I've seen this movie, like this is maybe my fifth time seeing it, and we started it, and I was like, I still don't remember what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's always fun to watch because yeah. I don't fully get it. <laughs> yeah, I think you can, you're 30 seconds away from watching it and you're like, I don't know what the deal was. Right. Like, I don't know. You know, I think that that's, part, that's by design and I think it's, um, it's funny because, so Richard Kelly did Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and huge, like, you know, semi-independent or like sleeper anyway hit yeah. in the late 90s or whatever, early 2000s. And then did, had like a blank check to go do whatever he wanted, kind of, because that was such a hit. And did Southland Tales, which is this crazy epic thing starring The Rock that doesn't make any sense. And is, I mean, I remember watching it and being like, well, I'm glad this exists. It's wild, but like, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think he um, was like, I'm going to make a, like a studio horror like thriller movie. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to make something like that's got a broad appeal. Yeah. And I think even when he's trying to do that, he can't do he that. He can't do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that that's, I mean, I think that that's like, but I think that fitting, sorry, I'm not making sense. I think when those kinds of dudes or women are made to fit their craziness into a studio mold, that's like where you get the best shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Wes Anderson, when he's... I love Wes Anderson, but when he's just allowed to do whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Off the rails, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, great. Like, yeah, sure, fonts. Yeah. We're all on board. But then <laughs> when he made, like, uh, one, of, one of my favorites of his is Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. which was clearly trying to be, like, a big studio kids movie. Yeah. And is still... Um, real weird. Weird, real weird, and it's still like probably intolerable to a lot of people. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, it, it when they have to navigate those two worlds yeah. more than just give being given a, um, you know, complete free reign. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it sucks for them. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if it sucks for them. I think it's. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think you're right that like when it's. I, I mean, it depends on the relationship. It depends, yeah. on, it depends on if this was a bad experience or not. Yeah, it true. totally could suck for them. Yeah. Um, but so the mo- so just let's just go yeah, through so some this, stuff about so the this, movie. Yeah, yeah. So this box shows up. Um, they're told they're told what the deal is by uh, Franklin Jella, who shows up at the door and half of his face is missing. Yeah. Um. And Cameron Diaz has a limp, and there's a whole thing with that where, like, she doesn't feel sorry for him, but, like... like She has a connection with him. Yeah, has a connection with him because they both have these things. And, and there's, like, later a student, like, makes fun of her for her limp, and it's horrible and yeah. whatever. Um, anyway, shows up, tells them what the deal with the box is. And then they spend all day... Clearly thinking about it, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they're going to do. Right, moral quandary. Yes. And then they're sitting across from each other discussing it. They both could use the money. There's a whole, that's, that's yeah. you know, it's like she Tuition. she's a teacher at her son's school and she finds out that morning after the box happens, she finds out that they're no longer doing the scholarship program for kids of faculty. Right. So her son won't be able to go to that school anymore. Um, and then uh, 
James Marsden's character has applied for the astronaut program and this is going to change his life. And yeah. everyone, all of his coworkers are like, you're a shoe in His boss is like, you're a shoe in And then he gets his letter that day and he hasn't gotten into the program. Right. Because he works at NASA. This whole thing takes place in and around like NASA people. Like yeah. Like dinner parties and like all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so they need the money. Yeah. Um, and so then they're debating it. And that this is the only part that doesn't quite work for me. When so, spoiler alert, uh, Cameron Diaz's character presses the button, right? And she presses it after this long conversation. You know, uh, what does this mean? Like, it's definitely someone we don't know. And then the husband goes, "What if it's a?" A, ch- a kid and she goes what if it's a murderer on death row and obviously that's the whole debate like right, is it right. someone who quote deserves to die or not does it matter if it's not someone you know blah 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 whatever and she pushes the button and she just said and she says it's just a button oh that's the other thing they've inspected the box the husband has taken the box apart like looked underneath it there's nothing in the box like it's just right a button yeah um attached to nothing yeah and she pushes the button and she goes, it's just a button. And then the creepiest bit is that then the button like slowly clicks back up into place. Yeah. Even though there's nothing mechanical in the box at all. And it's like, what? Um, so that's the only part that like falls apart for me. Like I, I just don't like, I have a hard time finding what her motivation is for pushing the button. Sure. Especially when she says afterwards, it's just a button. Right. Well, I th- like that confuses it for me in a weird way. And I, gotcha. I, and I, gotcha. I don't know what it, I don't know if that's yeah. the writing or I don't think it's her performance. Cause I think she's fucking incredible in this movie. Yeah. And it's so, it's so good. You guys like Cameron Diaz is a good actress. Yeah. Like she's also ridiculously beautiful, but she is like a yeah. good actress. And obviously that kind of gets overshadowed by the fact that she is conventionally beautiful. Um, and in this, it's just like so apparent that she's so good, and yeah. I'm just, it, I just watch it. I'm just like, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is she's like really good. I mean, I think, I think all of them are great. In yeah, this. I think James Morrison is great. I think she's great. I love Frank Langella. Oh my god, he's so, so good. Much. He's so he good. Was just, I just listened to a Fresh Air with him, um, with Terry Gross, and and because he was in Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah. Which, uh, well, you know, he was in it. Uh, and uh and he's so good i remember him in one of my favorite movies uh dave he's like the the villain antagonist guy in dave Mm -hmm. and he's so good in that movie and he's just like um He's. I have no. I have no end to the sentence besides like Franklin Joe is good. Yeah, exactly. That's me, how I feel about all of the, the me people. like. Yeah, all the people in this movie. Yeah, they are good. But Franklin Joe, he like he really just like has. Ex- he, I mean, again, spoiler. Like he's not necessarily playing someone who is of this earth. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like someone shows up at your, at your, uh, door to present you with a moral quandary, um, <laughs> that like deal with the devil kind of thing. Like, you know, something's going on with them and he just fucking nails it. Yeah. And, and is so menacing, but also like 
you know, Spock logical. Yeah. Just like very, very killer performance. So they push the button. He shows up immediately, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Immediately, briefcase full of money. He takes the box. And they're panicking because they're, they, you know, obviously, I think obviously they didn't really think that anything would happen. They thought this guy was a con man and whatever. And he goes, oh, no, like, it's, it's real. And yeah. then, and then we, do we, that's when we see the other family, right? Or no? Is it later? Like, yeah. I mean, I think at some point you see, like, like. You see the that, repercussions yeah, of them pushing something, the button. Right. Stuff happens. You know what I mean? Um, like, like, he wasn't lying. Right. And then. And, but and, as he's leaving, he says, basically, like. I assure you that this box is going to get reprogrammed and I assure you that it will go to someone who you do not know, mm-hmm. which is obviously a threat and obviously a thing where it's like, oh, you didn't think about this part, did you? Right. You could be the recipient of the box yes. threat thing at yes. some point. But and so, I mean, I think um, like you talked about the sense of dread mm-hmm. throughout the entire, because then, so that's like what, 30 minutes into the movie? Yeah. And then you've got this entire other part of the movie that is like, I, I don't mean this as an insult, it goes off the rails. It really does. It like is between, insane. Yeah, between their paranoia about what has happened and actual things that are happening, right. it's just this like trippy yeah. down the rabbit hole. And it's very, it follows, it's very, like yes. just, you, there's just people all around them who are, I mean, the part, so there's there's a part, uh, there's a sequence with Gillian Jacobs, who plays the babysitter, mm-hmm. where she's... She's great. She is great. There's so many good actors in this. So there's Gillian Jacobs, James Rebhorn, who plays one of his boss at NASA. Oh, yeah, Who was yeah. in Independence Day. Yeah. Um, is so good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, um, Holmes Osborne, who is... Go on the, and bang on your bongo drums. Yes, from That Thing You Do. <laughs> exactly. The dad from That Thing You Do. He's... Uh, one of their dads in this, right? Yeah, her dad. Her dad. And, and his wife. The king of police. The king of police, exactly. <laughs> and his wife, who is, um, I wrote her name, oh, Celia yeah. Watson. Yes. Sorry, Celia Weston. She's okay. a great character actress. Yeah. So many good actors in this. Yeah. Anyway, there's a sequence with Gillian Jacobs. It just, there's there's just so many moments of just like, oh, there's someone, like, I don't know how to describe this mm-hmm. feeling of just like, there's someone Looking at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's someone standing, and I think movies now do this all the time. You see it in Hereditary. You see it in, like, mm-hmm. every horror movie now, and it's, like, a cliche, but it works. Yeah. There is a just, scene. There's just someone standing at some distance staring at you. Yes. And that is fucking terrifying. And this movie makes very good use of that in yes. several scenes. There is a scene where... She is on the phone and she looks out the window and there's a man in her backyard mm-hmm. staring at her, dead in the eyes, mouth agape, Yeah, looks like a full-on serial killer rapist and is just staring at her. Right. And he does this thing, like kudos to this dude because yeah. holy shit. Yeah. He does this Incredible thing where, work. you know, have you seen those videos with the roosters where they're like, the head stays still but you move the body? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> no. about? No, but I can picture it oh from, my God. from the motion right. that you're doing. Um, I'll try and find a video. It's very funny. 
But he basically, so he's he's facing the window, dead eyes, mouth agape. And then he turns his body so that his shoulder is essentially underneath his mouth. So he doesn't move his head. He just moves his body and starts walking, but still staring at her. Yeah, he pivots and like a machine. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. It is terrifying. Yeah. Oh my God. It's wild. <laughs> um, and it, so the movie, you know, it doesn't like, it goes crazy. Like it yeah. just goes crazy. It's not like a, a tight puzzle box movie. Right. Where you're like, oh my God, like everything, it's like, this no, relates this to is, this and this relates right. to that. It's, it's like, like, no, this is nuts. This yeah. is just all over the place, spaghetti at the wall. Spaghetti at the wall. But like in a really good, fun, effective way. I'm so, I mean, I say this all the time and mm-hmm. I feel like it's a recurring theme, but I'm so much more of a like, did I have fun along the journey person yeah. than did it work? Did, the did it work, work perfectly? Yeah. This is my thing with the undoing. <laughs> Speaking of Hugh Grant, who we'll get to, mm-hmm. but like everyone was so mad about the undoing, and I was like, I don't know, I had a nice time. Yeah, like I, it was a mystery. Yeah, and I was guessing. And yeah, then exactly. Was, you know. um, um, and so it doesn't. Oh. So just to wrap that up, it doesn't like work like seven or something where right. you're like, you're like, oh my god, love that shit. By the way, but love also it. love it, love, love it. this, love this too. This yeah. is just fucking wild. Yeah, couple of things. One. A million dollars from 1976 today would be $4.5 million. Okay. So the, the big question is, would you push the button? I wrote down that too. I said, would you do it? Oh, I have a, <laughs> I have a second question as well. So would you push the button? $4.5 million. I don't know. Because <laughs> I think I... Well, here's okay. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Having have I seen the movie The Box from two thousand nine in this situation? <laughs> no. Okay. You don't. You're just like them. You don't know what this is. You maybe think it's a scam. You're like, there's no way I'm just, that I'm gonna push this button and he's gonna bring me four point five million. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I think I do push it then because I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, mm. like I don't. You know what? No, I don't think I do. Actually, I don't think I do because I'm like, why is this Frank Langella-looking motherfucker in my house? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not you inviting. Get that far. I'm not yeah. inviting more of this. <laughs> get out. Get yeah, out. I like. I'm not like. Do I do? I don't. Okay, I don't not push the button because of some moral correctness in my soul. Mm-hmm. I push it because I don't. Sorry, I don't push it because I don't want a weird man in my house. Yeah. Um, I don't, I would not push it either. I I don't think that I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, well, I could never, if it was going to kill another human as much as I would like to think that I think that's partially true. Like, I don't think right. that I would get, I would be able to get past the, it'll kill someone, even if it was someone I didn't know, because yeah. then I'm, cause then my mind just goes to like, okay, well, but like what? And I, this was, did you, did you read that? The original, um, Short story. Yeah. Um, when she pushes the button, it kills her husband. Because then the thing is like, well, you didn't really know him. Oh, come on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which they touch on a little bit in the movie. There's a whole like scene where it's like, do you really know this person? Like, do you really know them? I don't you know what I mean? That. Yeah. It's literally just like, some. It's she's talking to someone. Oh, yeah. Because he asks, he says, do you know me? Right? And mm-hmm. then she says, 
like better than I know myself. Oh, Do you know yeah. our son yep. better than I know you? Yep, you know I what I mean? That, yeah. So so it touches on that in the movie, but apparently in the original short story, she pushes the button and it's her husband who dies because she doesn't really know him. So my mind would immediately go to all of the, you know, I, I'm gonna solve I'm gonna solve the equation and find the the loopholes and the tricks. Well, so there's that, yeah. and then there's also just like the 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 thing of like I don't believe you. There's no I I wouldn't believe you, and I wouldn't push this button because like yeah exactly like I'm like no. get out of my house yeah exactly. <laughs> um, here's my 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 one qualm with the movie though is mm. that the way it wraps up and let's spoil like let's fully spoiler spoil alert. I will put a, a fast forward to this yeah um in there. We really like the box. You should watch the box. Yes. Hello, Editing Liza here. If you haven't seen the box, go ahead and skip ahead to about the 38 mark, uh, and then nothing will be spoiled for you. Although, also, go watch the box and then re-listen to this episode. Okay, bye! Full spoilers for the box. Yes. Is that that last sequence Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm going to show back up at your house with a new deal, Mm -hmm. which is... This it's the second part of it. It's it's not even a new deal. It's literally yeah, it's just the same deal. It's literally just we've taken your son. He is now blind and deaf. Right. So you have a choice to make. You either kill your wife, right, and your son gets to live a normal life, or you don't kill her and your son lives the rest of your life with the repercussions of you pushing the button, right. which is he's blind and deaf. Right. That whole thing in the end mm-hmm. is like interesting to think about. I guess, mm-hmm. but it's just a different situation and it yeah. doesn't feel related to the initial situation. And also it just feels like cheating to me. Like it feels like, it feels like, well, that if that's, if you're just going to add caveats mm-hmm. and conditions mm-hmm. to the original thing, the interesting thing about pushing the button in mm-hmm. the original, sorry, the interesting thing about the original moral quandary mm-hmm. is like, can you live with knowing that you caused a death somewhere in the world? Right. And what the ending of this movie does, that last sequence is like, is like, can can you live with knowing that you caused with your a death? son paying, yeah, right? With you, you caused a death in the world, and also all this other stuff. And well, it's but like, here's the other thing: it's like, well, that's not the that's the the terror. Sorry, just real quick, the terror of the box of the original moral quandary is how many people would be okay with pushing it, mm-hmm. and it, like that ending fully disengages from that initial terror for me. Yeah, I can see that. The the other thing, but the thing about the ending that bothers me <laughs> is that so basically he shows up, he tells them this, and it and it's she can't kill herself. Your husband has to pull the trigger. Right, all these new rules. Right, right. Um <laughs> Do a Lippa, new rules. <laughs> um and simultaneously as they're weeping, they find their son locked oh, in the bathroom weeping. upstairs. It's all very dramatic. I can't do it, you have to do it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, as they're doing it, it's cut in scenes of another couple who has received a box and right. is debating whether or not to push the button. Right. They push the button and James Marsden shoots his wife. Right. So someone else got the box and they're pushing the button caused her to die. But like, what is the control there? I guess it is like, trying did, to do the puzzle box thing. Right. But it's But what is the control there? Because it's like... 
did because so the whole thing is that Frank, we're so frustrated i know i know like, oh. no because because the whole thing it just gets so complicated the whole yeah. thing is that frank langella's character is an alien uh otherworldly some other thing like this this guy this right. body that he's inhabiting died Got and then by lightning which is why his face is gone right and then was resurrected and obviously is not him he's this other being you know motoring this guy um and he's doing an experiment and he's trying to decide whether or not to wipe out the human race so he keeps doing this experiment and essentially what he's saying is that no one has decided not to push the button so so it's like but but if you're and and the way he talks he's he's hoping that someone will not push the button um so it's like what happens if they don't push the button and you've already said to these people if you don't kill your wife your son lives this way do they still have to deal with that even if the other couple doesn't push the button well that's interesting because then it's like is everyone just fated to push the button like is it right exactly so is it so that's the part of the ending that is frustrating and i'm not even saying like something that's wrong with the movie it's just like one of those things where it's like ah it makes you think man it makes you think well it's also it's also i wrote down this down and i don't know that it's true Mm mm-hmm but I'm interested to think about it, is that, like, is the ending kind of ableist? Because it's like, oh, would you rather die than have a son who is deaf and blind? Yeah, yeah, sort of. But it's I, it's more, like, yes, It's but it's also more about you did this. Could you, could you live knowing you did this to your kid? Okay. Yeah. Which I could not. That makes it's sense. not like, it's that not like, sense. Oh, he was born deaf and blind that makes sense. and throw him in the garbage. No. <laughs> um, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Um, my second question for you is, would you kill me? To s- if, if like, if, if Ella like- was, if Ella was blind and deaf because we pushed the button, would you kill me? Well, I mean, you know, we've had a good run. We've had a good run. We've had a good run. Yeah. Um, there's another. That's another aspect of this movie. Is I wrote down women be pushing the button. <laughs> yes. It's all it's like all wives. Every so they time. show several instances of people pushing the button. Always the woman. Yikes. And there's even a scene where James Marsden gets like kind of not kidnapped, but just like. Like, oh, I'm going to help you. I've been through this. Yeah. This guy pulls him into the car. They're driving. And the guy goes like, yeah, my wife too, man. Yeah. <laughs> they just love pushing this button. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, so all that, you know, all that's, there's, there's an insane library sequence that yeah. I still don't know what the fuck is going on there. No and, idea. But love it. Oh, one last thing that I want to say about it. The music. Because you know I love the music in the film. Yeah. The music is overbearing and weird and it's so perfect yeah. because it just perfectly lends to the creeptastic nature and the sinister nature and yeah. the feel of this film. And it's so perfect and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> but also, um, I looked up the person who scored Saw. Mm-hmm. They used the Saw score in the trailer for the box. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Which is just... That's weird. 
a connection. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we didn't do. We what's didn't the do con- what's the connection? Fuck, we didn't do what's the connection. We can do it in between them. We can connect them. Oh, that's boom, a good. Boom, boom, boom. Don't you love to see the format develop in real time? I really do. Um, <laughs> okay, do you have anything else to say about the box? Okay, hold on. Let me go through my notes. Hold on. Hold okay. On, hold on. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, sorry, I said I wrote down score feels old school monster movie. Feels like yeah. Hitchcockian Bernard Herrmann like mm-hmm. like has that that swelling like exactly what you're saying. It's overbearing. Yeah. But but it, so perfect. Yeah, but perfect and really good. Um oh I so a thing that has stuck with me from when we first saw this movie was the wallpaper. Oh yeah, seventies baby. Like they, so it's the seventies, and you're yeah. not gonna miss it <laughs> in the kitchen you are, wallpaper. You are that not kitchen, gonna confuse. <laughs> that kitchen wallpaper has stuck with me for so long. So the last thing that I will say about this movie, I think the reason it's so brilliant for me is that it is this insane kitchen sink cookie of a film. Yeah, where it just it's it's horror, it's sci-fi, it's brain tickly it's romantic yeah oh yeah it's it is. super sad like it's just this insane mash together yeah of everything and somehow it works it's so good yeah i feel like it doesn't i feel like it's underrated for sure i think it's i like I it think better mo- than donnie darko i think for yeah. sure oh yeah absolutely i think a lot of people just haven't heard of it yeah 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 love the box love the box so, so what's the connection? What's the connection? The aforementioned James Rebhorn, character, actor, extraordinaire. Uh-huh. We are James Rebhorn stands, stands in this house. R.I.P. to the legend, no longer with us. Oh, dear. Was in... Cold Mountain with Cold. Renee Zellweger. Cold Mountain. Cold Mountain. Not a movie I've rewatched since we mm. saw it in the theater. Definitely not. With my parents. Really? In 2003. Yes. Wow. I would be fascinated to rewatch it, though. Yeah. The late, great Anthony Minghela from Talented Mr. Ripley fame. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Renee Zellweger then in Bridget Jones' Diary. But Cold Mountain. I feel like you don't want to talk about Cold Mountain. I'm just trying to keep us on the track. Yeah, man. we've ordered some food now, so yeah. let's go. Let's go. Let's wrap get it, it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> well, I don't have the most to say about this next movie. All right, here we go. <laughs> Bridget, Bridget Jones, Jones Diary. Diary from 2001, directed by. Sharon McGuire, a lady director, a lady director, um, who hasn't done much else. Okay, (laughs) IMDb summary. Bridget Jones is determined to improve herself while she looks for love in a year in which she keeps a personal diary. Yep. Sure. Sure. Um, My voice just went away. Did you hear that? I was like, sure. Well... One of the ugliest DVD menus I've ever seen. Oof, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have the thought that maybe um, it's the, it's like an homage to the book uh, art, like the cover art on the book. But then I, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's what it is. But then I never maybe, went and looked. I don't know. It's just so, real But that's weird. how bad it looks, like, is that it looks like, Yeah. I don't even know what. It's like fully, it's like weird green artwork. I don't know. It's hard da, to... Da, da, da. 
Da, oh yeah, and there's like da, some little jazzy da, music underneath. Da, da, um, da. A lot of parallels with the with some other movies we've talked about. Yeah. So down with love or Denny Zellweger. This is like peak down Zellweger with time. Love. Peak Zellweger. Yeah. This time, I mean, she like really intersected with the DVD era. I yeah. think. So she's like she's Definitely. DVD queen. Queen. Um, Icon. The holiday, another of the holiday parallel, though, it just feels like it feels like in the holiday, Kate Winslet is playing a Bridget Jones type. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Rufus Sewell, Colin Firth, same idea. I would compare Sewell with Grant. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I know. You're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So anyway, Bridget Jones Diary. Are there people who haven't seen this movie or don't know what it's about? Uh, probably. But it feels like there aren't. But anyway, yeah. it's you exactly... Mean, probably people like under 30. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, But even that, like you were saying, it feels like a an archetype that like even if you haven't seen the movie, you know who Bridget Jones is. Yeah, I guess so. You know? I mean, they've, they've at least seen Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, and Bridget Jones' Baby. <laughs> the two... <laughs> two follow-ups. Follow-ups. Yeah. Um... But yeah, you know, it, it's exactly what it says it is. It's she is 32. <laughs> oh, God. When she's we just, saw it, ancient. When ancient. we saw it, that was ancient. I literally wrote down, I was like, I don't know why as a, let's see, 2001. So I was 19. Mm-hmm. Why as a 19-year-old who was like in college doing everything she was supposed to be doing, had a boyfriend. And what a boyfriend. And what a boyfriend. Why did I identify with Bridget Jones so much? A 32-year-old single, like, really, like, frustrated with her life, mad that she's single woman. And I know why, and we'll get to it. Um, But anyway, so she's, I mean, like, she lives in London. She has this great group of friends. Yeah, she's She works in a publishing house. Her boss is Hugh Grant. Who is like actively pursuing her. Right. <laughs> and that doesn't turn out great, but yeah. So she, and it's just like following her throughout this year where she like big changes and whatever. Right. It's like, I mean, that that's the thing that you've tapped into though, right there though, is that she's fine. Like it's like, yeah. it's like, look at what a train, it's like train wreck or something. It's like, look at what a train wreck she is. It's like, yeah. well, she's just not really. She's yeah. like fine. Yeah, <laughs> she's fine. Um, so let's get right into well, the, and it, why. Yes, into this. let's just get right into it. A theme throughout the entire film is how fat she is. And all of the press surrounding this movie was like, mm-hmm. can you believe Renee Zellweger put on all of this weight to play this character? I'm going to make a bold statement. She looks better in Bridget Jones than she does in any other film yeah. I've seen her in. Right. Because in, and I'm not trying to like skinny shame anyone. Right. In everything else that I've seen her in, she looks like an actress who is desperately trying to fit the mold of being emaciated, especially in the 90s. Yeah. Just desperately trying to be Hollywood's ideal, which right. is emaciated. Well, like I, Chicago. I'm, like, she's great in yes. Chicago, but, like, yes. there's that Roxy Hart number towards the end where it's, like, I, I, you know, I remember, like, my reaction to it at the time being, like, 
She does. She that she doesn't look healthy. She doesn't look healthy. Right. And I don't. And, again, and she may be. Exactly, I don't know exactly. her world. We don't know. But don't I know. would. I would be willing to bet that her actual comfortable weight is somewhere between the two. Right. I'm not denying that she did the work, quoting fingers, to gain weight for Bridget Jones. Um, but let's be clear, because it's a diary, and she starts off writing like January first or whatever. I weigh 136 pounds. Right, and like, what a mess my life is. What a like. What 136 pounds. But it goes exactly to the the whole premise of the movie, which is like, what a mess her life is. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, look, look at what a mess it is. It's like she seems fine. I don't know. Yes, and it's like her weight. Her weight fine. Yes, yes. So one of her goals, and so she writes down that she weighs 136 pounds, and that one of her goals she says <laughs> lose 20 pounds obviously first of all why you call them pounds don't they call them stones in england anyway <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that your ideal weight is 116 pounds my love yeah my love yeah it's just so so why did i as a 19 year old doing all the things i was supposed to be on the right path with a boyfriend identify with this 32 year old uh single uh quote Fingers, fat, life a mess woman. And it's because of that. I was so desperate at the time and still to see fat represented in anything. Right. Because I am a fat. So that's what I want to see. Um, And I was so desperate for that that I fooled myself into thinking that that was it. Yeah. And she, she doesn't represent my body right even at the time even at 19 when i was probably when i was probably when i was definitely weighed less than i do now after having two children and glaring down the barrel of the gun at 40 um (laughs) so glaring (laughs) i'm staring at the fuck down don't come for me man (laughs) um yeah so so I was so desperate for that, that when all of the media flurry around it was like, look how fat she is. And when the entire plot of the movie was, look how fat she is, I was like, oh my God, a fat. Okay, yes, I'll take it. Right. Which is horrible. And why it's so fucking damaging. Right, it's toxic. Because you're just going to look at that and go, oh, you think that's fat? Right. I weigh much more than that. So I must be awful right yeah and how terrible is that and you didn't you don't have to you don't have to say that weight does not have to come into it right do you know what i mean and how fat she is has nothing to do with her worth she spends the entire movie like i said she's got a pretty good job to start off the movie she sleeps with her boss it which is like tricky and especially now with like me too and everything well i think the way that the movie does it we'll get to it but i think whatever um she sleeps with her boss, has an affair with her boss, um, who is clearly in love with her and clearly very attracted to her. And then she ends that and finds another guy. She's got a great friend group. Like, none of this and none of that matters. Like, one of the biggest lines from the movie is that the Colin Firth character lists a bunch of things that she, that he hates about her and then says, but I, but I like you just as you are. Right. 
And it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So why do we keep talking about it and pointing it out and obsessing over it? And it just makes me sad. <laughs> um, right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think that, like, there's a case to be made that, like, the movie is an indictment of all that stuff, of all that, like, of all that, like, oh, she's paying too much attention to her weight. Why doesn't she just love her for who she is and stuff? But it's not really. Like, it's I not. don't think. I no. Don't, I don't think that case you'd holds be any it water. T- yeah, you'd be giving it way too much credit. Right. I don't think, and and I don't, I think that, like, you know, I think what it thinks it's saying is, like, she should accept herself for who she is. Mm-hmm. But it is, I mean, it's fully, like, not making that case effectively. Right. And because when they talk about as she is, they're talking about, she's like uh, a little bit clumsy. There's a line about oratorical fireworks, which is like a a phrase that I wish I could use every day Mm -hmm. because she does, she's really bad at public speaking and she just like says the wrong thing and like, you know, and is kind of dippy and doofy and, messy and sloppy and that's what they're talking about like yeah, loving yeah, you yeah. the way you are they're not they are very specifically not talking about her weight right that and you should change yeah exactly <laughs> and i think that i mean i almost give the movie credit for putting a number on it mm-hmm. because you know so often i mean i think we've seen a lot of movies where like what's the the may whitman movie where she's like uh the duff the, the duff yeah like you know where where what Hollywood's idea of fatness is yeah is so not like um, disconnected from from real fatness yeah. you know what I mean well like, from real life from real bodies like, yeah. exactly like real like like all that stuff and like and it's it's uh, it's gross and it's toxic and it's weird and it like gets into all these these strange ideas and it's like very helpful that for when Bridget Jones it's like. Oh, they here's the number that they, they think is think. unacceptable, and it's like, okay, buddies, like, yeah, you're you're, you're way off. Yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, not that there's any number that's unacceptable, right? But like, even you know, in your universe, you're insane. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. So, so that oh, is oh. drop my pen. I was, I was so incensed <laughs> over this Hollywood ideals. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So there's that. The other. Uh, the other thing, I, this is the note that I took. Is this flirting with the boss okay? And then I wrote, yes, but also sort of making fun or light of sexual harassment? Question mark. So there's this whole thing where uh, Hugh Grant is her boss at the publishing house, and they have this whole back and forth where she wears, she's like in love with him or very attracted to him, let's say, and so she wears a short skirt to get his attention, very specifically to get his attention. Mm-hmm. He It works, and he makes a comment about it, a flirty, very, like, British flirty thing. I fuck, There's so much flirting in British in this movie, and I love it so much. So much. Um, he makes a very, like, flirty, like, thing, and she guts right back at him and they go back and forth. And then the next day she wears a see-through top um, again to get his attention. Um, and, you know, is, is talking to her friends about like, what do I do? Like how, basically how do I sleep with this man? And they're like giving her all of these suggestions and whatever. And they end up sleeping together. 
Um, and then it turns out he's a piece of shit. Um, but it's, it's hard because it's one of those things where it's like, I think some of the point of, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace from a higher up, the problem is that they're in a position of power. So even when it's something where, where someone is into it, even then, even then it's problematic. So, so there's that, um, there is, but there's also a weird thing in this movie where they point out sexual harassment. Like they, they, they make a joke out of it at some point. There's yeah, another she says character. Sexual harassment at some point, and then he yeah. says like, "Love your tits" or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, and there's another character who's always staring at her boobs, and it's just like, it's it's this weird thing where where I feel conflicted about. It feels more that okay, this would not be done today. As opposed to this is horrible. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Well, think? I mean, it's it's a Miramax movie, mm. so Harvey oh. Weinstein. So I'm like, yikes! And it's like didn't realize. <laughs> so I'm very much like, oh yeah, like I don't know if he's technically a producer on this movie, but it's a Miramax movie. Oh so fuck! It's like, I didn't know that. <laughs> so it's like, and Renee Zellweger. I mean, like. I don't know. I'm sure she went through some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I don't know if she's spoken out. I have no idea. I don't, I'm not, this is not. But you have to assume after everything that's come out about him that any woman who has worked with him. Right. And she was the, she was that person in the mid, in the mid two thousands. Like, so I'm sure she's been through awful shit with him or with other people or whatever. Right. Well, exactly. She's an actress in Hollywood. Right. Exactly. And that's why it's like, I feel so bad even saying like, you were too thin in Chicago. Like, I'm sure she fucking went through hell. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, all that said, it's like, yeah, you mean Harvey Weinstein was like involved in this movie where like the boss was, uh, hitting on the subordinate who kind of liked it. And yeah, yeah it, like, I just... it all, it all is that specific plot line and hit and mirror the mirror, Miramax logo right at the top. Like, mm-hmm. It's all, it's like, un, it's like a, 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 like a, it's like a movie about sleeping pills starring Bill Cosby or something. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the very specific shit that he was into and he's involved in it. It's like, yeah, I'm yeah. not, and, he, and like Hugh Grant is like kind of a lovable, like, I mean, he's rape. Hugh Grant, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As the boss, it's like very, um... I'm unable to divorce myself. Yeah. I think, again, the only reason I have a question mark there is because it is so clear that she initiates it. And that doesn't yeah. that doesn't mean that in the situations where women are speaking out about sexual harassment, that they have done anything to deserve it. Right. But in this storyline, she Bridget Jones very specifically, like almost practically says out loud, I am going to put on this short skirt and walk by his office so that he will notice me. Right. She has agency. And I'm sure yes. Harvey Weinstein thought that women were Absolutely. doing that to him. Not that Harvey Weinstein wrote this movie. Not no. that Harvey Weinstein directed this movie. Right. Or even is listed as a producer on it. But, like, I'm sure he had involvement. Right. But, and I don't mean, so, I mean, yes, she has agency. Yes, movies are allowed to depict things these complicated situations because they can be complicated. can be they can be very not complicated, right? And they can be very straightforward, right? And they can be very complicated. You right. know what I mean? Like I have no problem with 
um, ambiguous depictions of these power dynamics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just like it's played for comedy and he's involved and I'm like, fuck that man. For yeah. me personally, that's like, and that, but it's the same thing as I was saying earlier about, uh, like Kevin Spacey and, and shit like that, where it's like, I would not begrudge anyone who is like, yeah, I mean, I get it, but like, this is a movie directed by a woman and stars Rainey Zellweger yeah. and like, and like they made decisions of their own and, and it has its own value. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for me personally, it was just like, Oh God, this feels gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's also knowing that it's based on a woman's, uh, like, actual life, kind of, right? She, like, yeah. the columns that, that, that Helen Fielding wrote. Is it real wrote. or is it just, like, she wrote she wrote a story? I don't know. <laughs> the key information that I do not have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, I also wrote, remember when it was a big deal for an American to do a British accent? Yeah. Do you remember, remember. all of the media around, like... Yes. Like, just, and it, I, the thing I specifically remember is all of the things that said, like, oh, no, 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 like, British people are like, no, she did a good job. Oh, like, like I just remember them being pushing, mad. Oh, see, I remember pushing the narrative that, like, oh, no, it's okay because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's doing a really, like, they. they That's funny. They said she it's okay. Approval. Yeah, like, she's invited to the barbecue version of British accent. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um. Uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing, the other thing that just takes you right on back to 2001 is the first scene with the friends, the one friend pulls out a Nokia phone. He's switching the cover plate on it. I was like, yes. Those (laughs) friends are real. Those friends are are like, they, the thing that I decided that the thing that gets me about the friends because they all feel very like there's the gay the gay friend and there's the this woman you know it's like she very, says fuck all the time right. and then there's the woman who's just like kind of nice and who plays moaning myrtle who and i said this while we were watching i was like how did this actress go from playing this 30 something right in a very like remarkable notable movie right. to being cast as a teenager in the harry potter series right. how did that happen right exactly <laughs> exactly they are they're they're the, the, the friends are crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and it's, you know, so it tracks, it's, it's mapped onto the plot of Pride and Prejudice, right? Yeah. Darcy ish, and like, ish, ish. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and there's a, there's a lie at the heart of it and like all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, a part, so, so all that that we just said for 20 minutes or whatever that was. We have not really talked about like how the movie is. I know. <laughs> because it's because it, it does have all it feels you're watching it, it feels like it has all this baggage. Yeah. To get through. And the 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 body shame that it has and the all that shit. It's just like the body shame, the like just, sexual harassment. Right. There's so much smoking in this movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, that's, that's just like that actually the smoking actually like works for me for what it is you know no absolutely it's like like, oh yeah they're a mess you know what i mean like and and that's like that's my own shit (laughs) but like but uh, like that actually that to me is like oh yeah they would be like like just smoking all the time and drinking all the time yeah and like you know that that stuff feels of a piece with like oh she's trying to she can't get her i don't know you get it yeah um colin firth is really good in this i think he's so yeah, he's doing a thing. He's really doing a thing, and it's 
it's weirdly very sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's that, the, I think, I, iconic, gonna use the word. Well. Uh, fight scene. Oh my god. Where Hugh Grant and Colin Firth, you know, fight in the street over Bridget Jones. And it's raining men is playing in the it's background. It's raining men for yeah those <laughs> those like the music cues. I mean that Aretha Franklin one. It's all very like like I very I literally those. cringed and I know yeah. we say cringe a lot but I literally cringed at some of those. Um, and um, but the fight scene is so good. It's just so good. Like, stupid and really yeah. well done and and exactly exactly what a fight what two grown men fighting over a two woman would British be. Men. And it's just, like, I remember seeing it the first time and laughing hysterically and also just being like, yes, this is it. This is the real thing. This yeah. is how it would actually happen. Well, and they're, they're um, it's in a, like, a lot of it is in a kind of a wider shot where it's just clearly really them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it would not be them in a lot of movies. And it's clearly, like, they're clearly just, like weirdly wrestling with each other yeah and, you know what i mean and then there are a couple of punches and they're they're good like i yeah. i am someone who looks at fight choreo and it's good it's really good there's only one where you can see hugh grant uh anticipate it yeah um and it's great yeah bridgestone's diary interesting to watch it i hadn't watched it in a long time um it i do love it but it makes me so angry and sad for for young Liza who oh. who thought all of her her problems were solved and that she was finally getting representation on screen. Little did you know. And then also having it feed back into my psyche and oh but you got to be you got to get down to this weight if you want to be acceptable if you fat. Want, yeah, if you want to be like funny fat. Yeah. And not just and not disgusting just fat, right? Disgusting. Yeah. Okay, we haven't talked about are they available? They're both available for purchase. They're none neither of them are on any streaming services, so Okay. You'd have to rent or buy them. Okay. Um yeah. What's the verdict here? Uh, I mean, you have a lot of affection for Bridget Jones. I do. But I feel like, it feels like, to me, it feels like a movie that was mean to you, and I want to I wanna get it out of here. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I think I'm just having, like, Stockholm Syndrome with it. Like, I really am feeling like, oh, I don't want to get rid of it. But it's, it, it's not good, and I can watch it in some other way. But you have the holiday, and the holiday is the same idea, but just nicer. <laughs> to me, I feel like the holiday is nice Bridget Jones. I mean, not really. But. <laughs> You're like, well, no. No. Um, <laughs> Great. But and I, the holiday but I, has Cameron Diaz, so it's kind of like the box, too. So you get two for one on the holiday. <laughs> but that would be an argument for getting rid of the box. We gotta go. <laughs> Our food's almost here. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're getting rid of Bridget Jones's diary. I think so. I think Bridget Jones's diary, like, has, you know, has some funny moments, but, like, it's, it, it did, it did some, I think it did some damage to you. Anyway, thank you, Bridget Jones. <laughs> thank you for your service. For your service. Um, thank you for fucking me up mentally. <laughs> um, great. Yeah, that. but also 
taken a step forward to more representation. We'll give sure, her that. We'll sure. give her that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Lots a step forward. Okay. Um, so before we pick our next and final holiday season matchup, um, we just want to say we're going to do this next one. So you'll have – so this this one comes out on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. Merry Christmas um, Eve. And then the next one – will come out on New Year's Eve. Hey. Still the holidays. Still the holidays. Still the holidays. Uh, and then we're just going to take one week off, and then we will be back on pulling up the calendar, because I don't know. We will be back on the 14th. Mm-hmm. Cool. So uh, I believe you said that you added more films? Yeah, so I, I forget what it was, but I added another, there was another one or two movies that we had that had Christmas connections, so we're at 60 now. All right, so now I'm 60. picking out of 60. Yeah. Okay, let's pick the next and final holiday season matchup. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 60. A random number between 1 and 60 is 43. 43. Sex and the City. That is exciting to me. That is exciting. That's a Christmas movie? Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Are you excited? Very. (laughs) Another SJP. Another SJP. Wow. Holiday Queen SJP. Yes. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 60. A random number between 1 and 60 is 51. 51. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh. Now, have we established that there's actually Christmas in that, or is it just that we saw it around Christmas? Well, we saw it around Christmas, and it's very snowy. It is very snowy. The answer to your question is no. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know that there's Christmas in it, but there might be. I guess we'll find out. We will find out. (laughs) All right. So for our last Christmas matchup, (laughs) the two Christmas movies everyone thinks about when they think about about Christmas, Mm -hmm. you get with your family by the fire, you get some nog, and you watch Sex Sex in in the the City. City. And the girl with the dragon tattoo. Double header, baby. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Great. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We are DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Instagram. We got the Twitter. We got the email. We got the worldwide web. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Should you celebrate Christmas? And if you don't celebrate, Merry Thursday. Um, and I, you know, Christmas is going to be weird this year, you guys, but it's going to be okay. All right. Uh, come back next week and see who survives DVD Deathmatch. I'll take another sip of my drink. Ooh, I just sounded like the hormone monster. <laughs> I'll take another sip of my drink. <laughs> That's the only line I can say, but yeah. it's spot on, Maya Rudolph as the hormone monster impression. Same Very nice. specific. Same Sound like the hormone monster. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> um, oh, I hope John Mulaney is okay. <laughs>